are rolling. We're officially recording. And I am here with Taylor Lowe. She is a hair witch, an oracle reader, owner of the Nine Keys Salon and a cult shop, right? Yeah, Nine Keys Salon plus Metaphysical. In Minneapolis. Correct. Yay. I'm so excited to have you here in the flesh because the thing is like, we're in this weird era where I'm finding myself making people that I consider to be close friends on Instagram where I'm just like, like I was talking to my boyfriend when um, I was going to meet you and I was like, oh, my friend's coming into town and he was like, which friend is this? And I was like, she's like an Instagram friend. And he's like, you're meeting a, a, like an Instagram friend. And I was like, yeah, but we've been like, we've been talking. To, I've known her longer than I've known you. Like <laughs> I've been talking to her for a long time. He was like, okay. So, I mean, I don't look like a murderer. So, you know, you, I mean, it's, it probably depends on who you ask though. Like if you went to the Bible <laughs> belt, they'd be like, she eats babies. That's yeah, for sure. She eats babies only on the weekends, only on the weekends. Perfect. <laughs> so I feel like there are so many things that I want to talk to you about. What's interesting is like, we've already spent a lot of the day together and we've already kind of like discussed a lot of witchy things. So what I wanted to kind of start out with that I haven't asked you about yet is like, what is your origin story? How did you, you know, what was the process of getting to where you are now? And like, what led up to this? Like, what was your spiritual journey up until this point like? Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, well, my grandma, whom I'm very close with, has always been very intuitive and very spiritual. Um, I actually come from a pretty long line of intuitive women. So my uh, great grandma was um very psychic, had a lot of like prophet, like prophetic dreams. Um, and so growing up, it was just really common for us to talk about how magical, um, like the feminine energy is in our family. Um, and then my grandma's really into, uh, working with the more native side of her, uh, like genetic background. So, um, she really taught me how to intuitively work with my hands and create intuitively. So that's a really big thing for me with nine keys is um, curating things for people that may not really know how to get into spell work or get into um, intuitive living so that it's a little less intense for people to dive into. Right. Because I also think, too, that when people are starting out with spell work or even mindfulness, there's this like pressure that they put on themselves to get things right or not fuck up a spell. And I think that like the more you can map things out for people who are beginning, the easier it could be. But I think it's also important to sort of like let people carve out their own paths. How, how is that responsibility for you? Because I know like working at the Crooked Path, like I see people come in and talk to Sal and just like want to pick his brain about like witchcraft in general. And I get it with astrology and tarot and being psychic. So like, how do you handle the pressure and the responsibility of like people looking to you for answers and advice when it comes to like their spiritual journey? One of the biggest things for me, I think is if I don't have the answer, I will say, I don't know, but that's a really good question and I'll yeah. write it down and then I'll research, uh, and give them the answer that I deem as best appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, I also start a lot of my classes with the fact that intuition is super important and it can get us a lot further in our life than we even realize. Yeah. Um, and so really trusting that space between like your heart chakra and your solar plexus and just yeah. feeling that and like knowing that intuition doesn't have to be these super intense, like visual, like mental visual psychic downloads. They literally can just be like a gut instinct. And mm -hmm. so just following those. Um, and so actually none of the crystals in the shop are labeled, uh, cause I really oh. want people to, be drawn to the items that they're drawn to. And then I just have them set them up on top of the counter and just say like, whatever you like, just set up here. And then we can go over everything and talk it out if you want to. Otherwise, if you don't and just want to take it home, like that's fine too. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. Do you ever have people like that are like, I want to skate over this and I need a crystal for like focus. Absolutely. And then you, yeah. then you're like, okay, this is what you need. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'll just say like, here's a few things. Here are the names of the crystals mm -hmm. if you care. Um, and I just want you to kind of sit with these for a second and see what calls to you. Right. Um, and then I usually try to have multiples of the same crystal in like a, a bowl or something. Everything's in like glass. And so I'll just lay everything out and be like, okay, like 
hold on to these, sit mm-hmm. with these for a second. And if they don't feel like they're for you, that's okay. Like yeah. you don't have to buy these just because they're pretty. Um, and I think that's also the thing is, especially with TikTok and um, all the different podcasts and just all of the books that are out there, it gets really overwhelming for people. And then they just shut down because they don't know if they're going to do something wrong or right. And it's just like, if you feel led to just light a candle and go do whatever, like yeah. go do it. Yeah. Okay. Like make a wish or say a prayer and light a candle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So to backtrack a little bit, you said that you'd kind of been taught to like work with your hands and make things. What are some of your earliest memories of like doing any sort of magical crafting? Yeah. So, um, my gosh, I've always been collecting crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma's really into the elements. So just utilizing, uh, fauna and flora. And so going out, I remember, um, taking, going on little hikes and like taking cicada shells and, uh, different herbs and stuff that we would find and setting them out on a table in our kitchen and, um, just kind of like looking at them and like connecting with them every day. And so when we would go camping, I would pick up rocks or pick up crystals and things like that. And I think that was kind of before rock shops were really a big deal. Yeah. Um, so you'd really have to like seek them out. Right. Um, and just, she would just kind of like tell me that everything was connected. And I think that's why, um, my intuitive journey is so fluid because everything is so connective. We're, we're all a part of like the collective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and then she also had an angel deck. And so I was, I remember being like six years old and laying it out and just putting my hand over the top of it and feeling for the energetic shift and the pull. whatever card speaks to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing it since I was really little. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You kind of mentioned in passing uh, that you grew up in a haunted house. Can you speak to that? (laughs) Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I moved in with my aunt and uncle who later adopted me. Um, and I believed in ghosts, um, had had some kind of, I don't know, intuitive connections with other people, just like knowing things I like wasn't supposed to know as a kid, things like that. Um, and then I, can you give an example of something you weren't supposed to know? I'm trying to think it's just like getting like weird vibes from people or getting like really comforting vibes from people right just getting a sort of general read yeah Yeah. exactly like being for and being like that person's suspicious or that person is really loving and I want to talk to them yeah um my Gemini rising has always been an overdrive my whole life so (laughs) (laughs) I understand I've never met a stranger um but yeah so a lot of it was really intense when I moved into this house um my aunt and uncle had bought it a year previously uh and they really were like this place is kind of weird but whatever it's just a starter home no big deal um but I remember like being inside of it and just like trying to fall asleep and then hearing the um water turn on and off in the bathroom and it would just happen so often that we would just be like hey stop that yeah. And then it would just turn off. You cut it out. Ghost. Yeah. Like I'm trying to yeah. go to bed. And it's actually really funny that you bring this up a little bit because I was just hanging out with my mom or my adoptive mom, who was my aunt, um, yesterday, uh, a couple days ago. And, um, I was talking about how I learned how to utilize, uh, like light magic. Um, and so we were talking about how, when I was little, I would, I thought I had really bad insomnia because I would see these like weird shadow figures and it would like make me uneasy while I was trying to sleep. Right. And so I would um, envision this little ball of like white light and then I would just expand that ball into like almost a cocoon and mm-hmm. then the shadow figures would go away. And when you're nine years old, it's like, oh, that's just monsters that, you know, like yeah. they're not actually there. And then now being almost 30, it's like, no. Those, Those were, were there. fucking monsters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just figured out how to handle them. Yeah. So I brought it up for the first time ever to my like family. And yeah, like one person's like, yeah, I used to see those all the time. I just thought that they were like weird shadows. And I'm like, there's no, there's no windows over there. And like, why yeah. would a darker shadow at midnight be just like chilling in your room? Yeah. So yeah. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and gosh, I could sit here and tell stories about it all day, but 
we had an issue with goblins. Um, <gasps> I saw a minotaur in the in the um, upper level. What? Ha- okay, <laughs> this is the focus of our episode. <laughs> oh, I was gosh. like, we're just gonna like see what happens. <laughs> this is what's happening. Oh no! Um, I want to know about the goblins, okay. and then I want to know about the minotaur. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the goblins didn't happen to me, um, but I just remember uh, being in the kitchen and um I call her my mom but she is like my adoptive mom and yeah. her just having a really intense emotional reaction um and Ooh, my, I just saw a big blue orb next to you oh perfect <laughs> <laughs> um and her being like get out like I gotta I gotta cleanse this space like I gotta like calm myself down this is a really high emotional situation for me whatever and then we were at the renaissance festival the next summer and they had these little like cheesy hear no evil speak no evil see no evil little goblins Mm -hmm. and she's like holy shit that's what those looked like in the kitchen and I'm like wait we had these in the kitchen and she's (laughs) like no but they were like real and they were like hanging out and they were in the corners and it was just like really overwhelming because I wasn't expecting to see a non-human entity yeah um and then there's like that emotional presence and that like energetic presence questioning your sanity yeah I've had some serious question your sanity moments yeah yeah and so um I'm like yeah man whatever you know and I've always really been into cryptids like my whole life yeah so I was like sure goblins like sorry that that happened but also are we gonna buy these because these little statues are cool as hell yeah so then then we've um I think my mom still has them we're in a different house now but yeah these little goblin statues have followed us through the last 15 years 20 years now oh my gosh did you have you talked to her about the goblins like in recent times or is that just something that sort of like is just like part of history I think it's just part of history really because there's just been so many different types of things that have happened that it's just one little drop in the bucket did you watch Hellier I'm actually watching that right now okay Yeah. yeah okay I'm only like I'm only like the first episode in but I was thinking I actually okay well when you get a little bit further in in season two there's like a um a balloon guy okay and just tell me when you get there because I'm friends I'm friends with him (laughs) I'm gonna have him on the podcast um but we'll have to talk about that yeah I think I'm like on episode two or three now okay we'll get there together we're gonna get there like the same time I didn't even know he was in it and we went hiking and he was telling me about it and I was like oh I guess I'll watch it it's like one of those shows everyone's been trying to get me to watch same and finally I was like okay I'll, I'll start doing it yep no absolutely yeah um gosh so the minotaur story I'll have to kind of censor myself a little bit for um secrets that aren't mine okay but um so this is before I really got into a lot of like intuitive stuff um and my my adoptive dad had recently passed away and so we were cleaning out his house Um, and I was there with, uh, one of my friends who was my high school boyfriend. And so he was helping me kind of go through everything. And what um, age about were you? Um, when, when we were cleaning out the house. Yeah. This is when the sighting happened. Yeah. This was about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. So, um, not too far along, um, mid twenties. Yeah. And so, uh, we were kind of cleaning through, we were going through the house and cleaning it. And when I, when I walked into the house, um, all of the hair on my like arms stood straight up and I'm like something's in here and I don't know what it is and he's like yeah I feel really weird too but I don't believe in that stuff so like whatever yeah and so I'm like okay well we'll we'll just still pack stuff up and as we were packing things up I we both just kept felt feeling really uneasy and um I bring up that he was my high school boyfriend because he basically like lived with us like off and on, like all through high school. So it's like, this is not a space that is like unfamiliar to him. Right. And finally my anxiety was just so bad that I'm like, dude, we got it. Let's just cut it short. Like let's leave. And he's like, okay. And then like when that happened, I heard, um, like a weird scraping noise above us like hooves exactly and he's like what the hell was that and I'm like okay you heard that too and again growing up intuitive you know this where you'll hear things or see things and you're just like this is just for me yeah (laughs) like this is just my life like no one else noticed this yeah totally and so um he heard it too and I'm like oh shit okay well this is like a a shared experience Yeah. yeah and so I 
I opened the door that led upstairs and all I saw were like two red eyes. And I, um, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. And he's like, why? And I'm like, nope, we're just going to go. And so we just left. Um, and then I actually, uh, like the next week I was at a tarot party. Yeah. Uh, super randomly I was invited and I was meeting one of my really good friends now for the first time. And I shared this experience with him. I was like, I don't really know what this was, but I don't know if it's like freaking Baphomet or if Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, like whatever. And he's like, when you said that, I just saw your aura, which one, I don't see auras. So that was really cool. He's like, your whole aura just flashed. And he goes, secondly, I just got a vision of a Minotaur. Um, And from there, it was just like, I kind of researched what Minotaurs were and Mm -hmm. what we were uncovering with like my family dynamic at the time. And a lot of that stuff really matched up. And, and so it was really interesting to see this like physical form of things that I like wasn't supposed to know or understand kind of come up in the house as we were like emotionally and physically purging everything from that space. Right. That's so, did you go back like since then and since, did you like go back to look to see if it would be there? (laughs) I did. And at that time I was really working with my angel guides. So I really didn't go back into that house um, for any reason other than to like get business done. And whenever I did that, I called my angel guides in and I work with them pretty heavily. So yeah, I'm like, okay guys, like flank me, we're going in. So I ended up working out pretty well, but that was a pretty interesting experience. That's when I really was like, okay. Now that I'm getting into being a professional like witch and a professional intuitive, mm-hmm. I cannot write off anybody else's experiences. Not yes. like I would, but it's like if someone comes in saying I have a troll infestation, like believe that because dude, it happens. It is crazy the things that I will believe without questioning or batting an eye. Like I travel through a wormhole or like I saw a shapeshifter or like, you know, like all these things where like, um, I'll repeat it to people who like haven't had as intensive paranormal experiences as I have had. And they look at me like, but, but you believe this, like you, you believe this person. And I'm like, yeah, I do because like crazy shit happens. And it's like, why wouldn't there be this unknown magical layer to our world? First of all, like we know that dark energy is a thing and we know that scientists don't know what that is. Absolutely. Like the neutrinos. And so when we're looking at that, it's like, you can't discredit like what is layered upon our reality. We don't know. And people have different senses that might be able to tap into different things. The red eye thing is like so real though. Like even, cause so I was just traveling, which you know, my listeners know. So I was just traveling from like, I drove up to Portland with my boyfriend and then like stayed with my college roommate for a while um after my boyfriend flew home and then so I drove by myself down to San Francisco to see one of my other really good friends and I stopped halfway in between in Redding and that drive was a fucking nightmare anyway because like the like Northern California is on fire it is just like I drove through hours and hours and hours of like air that I should not have been breathing like my eyes were burning and my throat hurt and I finally just like pulled over in a motel because I didn't feel like I should be driving anymore. And I was going to sleep that night. And in my, like, in my third eye or in my mind's eye, I saw, like, a shadow figure with red eyes just, like, sitting on the edge of the bed looking at me. And I opened my eyes, and it was still there. And I was just, like, I'm not doing this right now. I was just, like, so, like, I've gotten to this point where I'm just dismissive of entities because they show themselves so often. Yeah. And that's what I like really admired. Cause you, I mean, <laughs> you and I have talked at like 2am where I was like, dude, this like baby thing just showed up and you're like, yeah, babies show up sometimes. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had like super unfortunate story, but I had a client pass away like last year. I'm and, so sorry. Yeah. And she was an awesome person. Not only did I do her hair, but I also read cards for her and I got up to pee in the middle of the night and she was chilling in my room and it was like 4am and I'm like, I hadn't, I didn't know she had passed. I just thought that maybe her soul just came to see me at that point in time. Cause that mm-hmm. also happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, Hey, uh, not right now. Let's talk the next time I see you in person. Or if you want to come to me in my dreams, we can have a conversation like soul to soul versus, yeah. you know, uh, physically like in my room at three 30 in the dark. 
Um, and then the next day she told me or her friend contacted me and, uh, told me that she had passed. And then I felt really bad cause I'm Cause like, you were like, bye. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, damn, that was not a professional or a friendly <laughs> conversation that I had, but time works so much differently on the other side. And I'm actually started nine keys because I was really curious about how the soul's journey worked. And mm-hmm. again, like just different energies and different entities and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, she didn't know it was freaking 3.30 in the morning. Why right. would she have known? <laughs> right. Now, has she come back since then? Like, what was her what was her demeanor? She was really confused, and I oh. totally get it um, because it was a pretty sudden thing. And so I think what happened, um, and I've witnessed this in different ways as well, is like when you pass away and you don't really realize it, it can be really jarring. And then you add the time warp, And then you add just the fact that you can see a lot of things differently than you were when you were like in the physical realm. And your physical form has changed. Yeah. So if you like pass away and you go, I have no clue where I am or what I'm doing, but I do know one person that could probably help me. Of course, you're going to pop in and be like, hey, can you come help me? Because I don't know how I got here and why. And you're like, I need you to make an appointment. Yeah. It's (laughs) 3.30 in the morning. I booked out six weeks, so I'll pencil you in. I'll pencil you in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You can come back to me when I'm in dream. Like you can come back to me during dream hours. Yep, exactly. Visit me during dream hours and we'll talk about that. Yeah, so I ended up um, kind of reconnecting with her uh, through a reading that one of her friends had gotten, and we kind of figured that out together. Mm -hmm. Um, And luckily, I had tapped into um, some of her family members that had passed before she did, so she kind of already knew that I was connected to that kind of atmosphere. Um, So I was luckily able to resolve that, but I did feel really bad afterwards. Right. Because you don't know that. I mean, I've had clients who are still alive come to me in my dreams and they're just in the background of the dream running around. And then I text them in the morning and I'm like, hey, like you doing okay? Yeah. And they're like, I was really stressed out last night. I'm like, yeah, you were you were in my dream just like running around. Yeah, you were bringing your stress to my dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, um, you know, boundaries are necessary no matter what kind of person or entity you are I believe Mm -hmm. I so I thought it was interesting because you talked to me a little bit about how you were getting messages as a hairstylist before you were really even like practicing and I I read for a lot of stylists and I'm always like girl you are up in people's fucking crown chakras like you need to learn how to like shield and release like so can you talk a little bit about like when these experiences started happening for you and like what that was like and also how you were processing it? Cause I know that there are a lot of people who listen to this that feel like they're coming into their psychic abilities that I feel like could benefit from like your experiences. Yeah. So, um, I did talk a little bit about even as like a child, I kind of had a good read on people. Um, I moved around a lot too. So I think that that muscle was exercised of just mm-hmm. like, you don't know this person, but like you're in this environment now and you can just like adapt. Right. Right. It's like, yeah. Um, so I have met with like clients that are tapping into their intuition um, and that get really overwhelmed because being empathic, it's a lot coming at you at once, especially when you don't know how to open and close your third eye or yeah. create a psychic psychic shield. Um, so I do kind of t- tell people how to do that as well in a lot of my yeah. classes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would just be doing people's hair. I'm, you know, 20, 21 years old, not really knowing a whole lot about life. And I would just be like do- giving a blowout or like doing a color retouch. And all of a sudden I'd get a vision of like a black bob or something like that, or like a caramel highlight. And the person in my hair and my chair doesn't have a black bob or a caramel highlight. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, like, did you want this? Like, is yeah. there something that you'd be interested in? I just like got a like, really cool idea because, of course, at the time, I just thought it was a really cool idea that I just like organically came up with by myself. Um, and then they would be like, oh, my gosh, I, I've always wanted a black bob. But I don't know if like black is like my color or I've always wanted caramel highlights, but I don't know if I can like handle the upkeep. Mm-hmm. And so I really started actually building my business behind the chair in an intuitive way. Um, and then just kind of like as I continued to build relationships with my clients, um, sometimes their relatives would come in that have that are on the other side. And I'd be like, cool, like I'm giving my client a blowout. And their like grandfather who had just passed away is like hanging out over here. And so 
I really had to learn very quickly how to create boundaries right. and like how to handle those interactions in a way that seemed professional or seemed organic, even though there was a lot more going on than what my client realized. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have like, if someone had a relative that was visiting you when you were doing their hair, like, have you ever had anyone's relatives like follow you or like try to hang around even after they left? Yeah. So, um, trying to think. I I don't usually have anybody follow me home. I have never had a problem with like things getting attached to me and Mm -hmm. I am really thankful for that. Um, but I think it's just because I naturally have a pretty intense like psychic shield. Yeah. Um, and so that's good. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, but I do have selenite. That's like my favorite crystal of all time. So I have, um, selenite at my station. I have it above the shampoo bowl. I have it in the bathroom. I have it in the back door, the front door. Um, I have it near my bed. Like it's everywhere. And so, um, I think that that's also really helpful because it creates an open environment for nine keys, but it also, I've had people tell me that, um, when they walk in, it does feel like they are in kind of a liminal space. Right. Um, which I, I actually really like that because yeah, then you work to cultivate it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and everything that I did in that space is very intentional. I mean, there's, there's runes or not runes. There's, um, sigils painted on the wall before I painted the actual color. Yeah. That's what I do too. Yep. So it's like secret, like, yeah, secret sigils painted under my layers of paint. Yeah, exactly. There's a huge handmade broom that one of my like favorite humans curated and like made for me. Um, and that's always super helpful to kind of keep energies in and out that are best for us. Uh, yeah. And then I have different like sprays and um, and bells and things like that around as well. Um, and I do a lot of like ancestral work because of my like familial lineage. So I think I'm just really well protected and guarded and. I yeah. think people can pick up on that as well. So luckily, no, no things really have followed me home. But I definitely yeah. had to like smoke cleanse the space before after somebody who has having like maybe a really intense anxiety episode or, you know, upsetness, yeah. things like that. So but it's easy to kind of get that out of there. I think that's such a big part of it, too, is like trusting your protection and like believing it because like that's when if an entity with red eyes shows up and you're like in the middle of the night, like if you trust your protection, that's when you can just be like, no, like I'm not doing this. And so I like, I was kind of curious because you've talked about how close you are with like your spirit guide, spirit team. What, like, how have you developed that relationship? This is always something that like, you know, I have my own ideas about, but this is always something that like clients want to know about and hear about. So like, what are some of your techniques for developing that bond and learning more about them? Absolutely. So, um, I usually tell clients, um, and just like guests of the salon and the shop, um, with spirit guides that the best way to create a relationship is to start one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so usually for me, it's like while I'm driving, I'll just start talking out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very lucky that my two uh, main spirit guides are very loud. Um, right. They've actually like visited my friends before and are like, hey, like you need to check in on Taylor or hey, like this is going on. So they're very like involved in my life. Um Personally, I'm a visual learner, so I love kind of envisioning who they like, what they look like. And I ask Mm -hmm. them to show themselves to me. Um, And for the longest time, I thought I had one um, and they actually are like twins. Very The Shining-esque. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it's kind of cool to have like two like twin spirit guides that are mm-hmm. like kind of the devil on the shoulder, the angel on the shoulder yes. kind of vibes. So um, yeah, it, you just kind of have to cultivate that. Cause like I said, for the longest time, I thought I had one really obnoxious one, but it turns out I have two slightly less obnoxious ones. Yeah. Do <laughs> you, do you have any symbols like that they use to let you know that they're around? Um, usually I just kind of get like, um, so how I see intuitively I don't see it like a movie in my head the best way I can describe it is like when you're reading a book and it's kind of just like happening Mm -hmm. to you it's your imagination almost yeah it's very passively um so learning to kind of push that forward has been a journey um and again like I get a lot more emotions um 
and a lot more like sense of feeling from things versus like a whole lot of pictures. The pictures are a newer thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can just usually like feel an emotion that I know doesn't belong to me. Um, and so, yeah, or I'll get like, even like a little like pushback. Like when I just said that they were slightly annoying, like (laughs) they kind of like pushed me a little bit. So I just felt like a bit of like a, like, Hey, yeah, we're like, not annoying. <laughs> exactly. Like a light ribbing, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And or like I'll meet somebody or I'll just like ask a question intuitively. Like, do you like this person? And I like this person. I'll just get like, a nah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, OK, cool. Well, that's not I don't believe that. So that's that's definitely more of my like guides being. Like, yeah. The, mm, intuit- no. the stay away. Have you ever sort of like purposefully ignored them and like learned a bad lesson? Um, I try to pay attention, but I mean, absolutely. I definitely have had that before where, um, I'm like, just because you don't like this person doesn't mean that I can't, you know, continue this relationship or what have you. And yeah, I mean, it definitely tends to not go well when you're pushing Mm -hmm. against the current. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's totally true. There have been times where like the guides, my guides were like, yeah, don't, don't do that thing. And I was like, I kind of want to see what happens if I do it now. Like, I kind of want to see, like, nothing, like, you know, nothing, like, too crazy, but it's almost, like... That's your Aries placement. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. And I also feel like part of me is just sort of, like, if I feel like I'm already in the motions of something playing out, like, I'm going to see it through, and that's my Capricorn. Absolutely. Yeah, like, if I'm already in the motions of something, well, then it's the follow through is going to happen. Well, it's like I'm going through something right now where my Capricorn stellium is like, this is too fast. Like this is too intense. This is too much. And then my guides are like, nope, you're going to keep doing this and it's mm-hmm. going to go really well. So do you need to let go? Cause you've, you've let go and you've trusted us before and it's feel it's like felt really intense and too much at the time. Yeah. And then it always works out. So just freaking roll with it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So I feel like also listening to your guides, like it kind of helps you break down some trauma or break down some, behaviors that have served you in the past that are no longer serving you so that you then can kind of grow and kind of learn to trust your intuition versus trusting um, maybe certain learned behaviors that are too rigid or too structural or or too lackadaisical that you need to like kind of like get on the right path I don't know (laughs) yeah well no and I also think that like that sort of idea is what propels people towards self-awareness which like we kind of talked about a little bit today when we were just sort of hanging out that there is like a big problem with that just with people in general but like it's it's especially aggravating when we see it in this industry where like people don't have self-awareness and so it's just sort of like there can be um I don't know it's just makes it hard to find those people are relatable or to like understand where they're coming from or like even excuse behaviors because like patterns eventually emerge. And like, I feel like if you're truly in tune and you're truly doing the work, like you're evolving for the better and you're not like burning down your life or relationships or whatever that looks like, because like you said, there's a behavioral pattern that hasn't been shed and you're holding on to something that's not necessarily serving you. Absolutely. And I, I think that it's really easy for us to fall back on patterns. And I think that's also why the intuitive process or like the intuitive growth and being a professional psychic is actually a lot harder than people realize. Mm -hmm. Like I freaking wish it was just me seeing ghosts all day and just getting to talk to people and like seeing auras and all that fun stuff. But no, like it's sometimes it's letting go of relationships, even though you don't want to because they're not for your highest good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's letting go of people so that they can grow in a way that they would never be able to if you were around and things like that. And like having that intuition to understand Mm -hmm. that just because I love this person doesn't mean that they're to get like they're for me a hundred percent forever. Right. Yeah. And also sort of like relinquishing control of like what you think your life is going to be like versus like what it ends up being because it's never, and I've heard this message before and it's funny because, um, my friend Alex, who I was referring to earlier, who was like, um, in the second season of Hellier, we both had this same message delivered to us at different times. And we were talking about just like spirituality, but like we both have heard from our guides. It's not what you think it is. It's never going to be what you think it is. And so it's just sort of like, if you can bring that with you and you can make peace with it, it makes it a lot easier to sort of like be just like both a participant and an observer of what's happening. 
Yeah, or like giving a friend a card reading and like talking about the shitty person that's in their life that they need to shed. And then like three months later, that shitty person is actually you. And then you have to like, (laughs) and then you have to like let that ego death happen so that you can grow and they can grow. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I love, yeah. And I mean, ego death is a real thing. Like you, like it'll just happen to you. You'll get knocked on your ass and then you'll pick yourself up and you'll be stronger for it. But I think that like, it's just really beautiful to be accepting of change versus fighting against it because that's when you end up like being stuck in some sort of weird dynamic that isn't really healthy, but you are sort of like, you're in your Saturn return right now. And so you're like in, you're in it. You're in, in it. you're in the changes that happen before you turn <laughs> 30. You're like the universe is kicking your ass to get you ready for like real adult life not that you're like you're a fucking adult you have your own business so um, I came out of the womb at like 45 yeah but yes. so yeah you're <laughs> but like yeah it's just like that those 30s and so like did you like so what was your sort of like knowing that your Saturn return was coming like how has it just been for you and what was the anticipation like and you have a release coming up I think at the end of the year you said right um where you're gonna clear it so Go, go for it. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, and Saturn is in retrograde, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel yeah, like it it's is. like extra, extra. <laughs> right. Um, well, that's the thing. Like a lot of people get like a hit from their Saturn return, like two or times, three times, because it's like Saturn will pass over you and then it'll go retrograde and then it goes direct and it passes over you again. So like some people really get pummeled by their Saturn returns. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like for me, um, a lot of just like this intuitive lifestyle has been just learning how to release and learning how to, um, move through things versus letting them affect you mm-hmm. um in like long term obviously you need to let them affect you in the moment and right. then hold on to that and then you know let go um and i think that's been like the biggest lesson for me is like if something is really fucking hard and you just keep hitting a wall over and over again, it's time to take a step back and figure out why there's so many walls mm-hmm. <laughs> and like why is this so hard? And so, um, obviously I've been really thankful to be in a place where I was able to start a business in the middle of a pandemic. And I already have a clientele that I've cultivated and love dearly. Um, and I have people in my life that are really supportive of what I do. And I have family that's really supportive of what I do. So, um, that's been really nice, but it's still just kind of like, when somebody or something comes out of your life that you just have to roll with it. And that's a big thing that I've learned with my Saturn return is like, if something is meant to happen, it's going to happen. And if you're met with so much like resistance, then just let it go and see how it unfolds. So just because it's like you're being met, met with resistance doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just might have to happen in a way that you're not used to. Um, and a lot of my relationships have been affected, um, which at first is really detrimental. Um, but then over time I'm learning, well, if, if this person wasn't in my life in this particular season, I wouldn't be able to experience this particular thing in the way that I needed to. Or, um, if I held onto this person super tightly, they wouldn't be able to expand anymore. And that's, that's like letting go of their, of the control that I have over them and letting go of the control that I have over myself. Right. Which is a trauma response for sure. (laughs) Or anxiety. I mean, you want to control everything. Yeah. Even just like having that awareness about sort of like your relationship to the situation and yourself, I think speaks volumes for like, just like the willingness to do personal work because there's a lot of just like denial in general within people, not even just in the spiritual community where like accountability is something that doesn't always exist and they're just yeah (laughs) and also learning that um I I'm allowed to have my own boundaries and also allowed to like I'm such a I want everyone to be doing really great all the time Mm -hmm. almost to my own detriment yeah and so it's really nice sometimes to be like okay well and this is something like I've really learned where it's like okay 
I fucked up here, here, and here, but I actually, I didn't hear here and here. And like, right. I need to, I need to hold on to that because like, this is important for my future to understand that, um, I can make mistakes, but I also may not have actually made mistakes, even though somebody else thinks that, right. or, you know, whatever, or, or like, oh no, this person thinks I suck when they actually don't think I suck. And so like right. learning that kind of like sense of identity, um, that sense of what's right and what's wrong and just kind of like when you deserve someone's bullshit and when you don't. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's just going to happen in any healthy or non-healthy relationship. Right. Um, and just, uh, shoving things under the rug forever until one day it's a giant like monster is never the case and never like helpful long-term. So absolutely. <laughs> and then also with the boundary thing, I feel like for me and my Saturn return, a big part of it too, was just like sort of realizing that like, there may have been a little bit of people pleasing happening oh, yeah. on my end where like I would say yes to social invitations that I didn't necessarily want to keep because I needed to spend time, you know, by myself or downtime or wanted to be alone. And then also like, you know, just like just saying no to favors, because the thing about being an empath is it's really easy to people please, because if you are connected to the emotions of whoever you're speaking with and you're not in control of it. It can be really easy to say yes to things that you don't want to do because you don't want to feel that other person's disappointment. And so you're sacrificing your own needs and self-care because you don't want to, for a fleeting moment, feel someone else's disappointment. And that can be a hard thing to get over, but I've had clients who have this. And what I always tell them is like, if you can't say no in the moment, say you'll let them know in a couple of hours and then text them the no. Because like sometimes people need to like write things instead of speak them because if you're empathic, I think sometimes it's easier to communicate through email or text just because like it can feel safer and, and it's not meant to be like a disrespect. It's just sort of like this is how I'm communicating right now because it makes me feel like I can be more concise and clear in my words. Yeah, that makes sense. And like conflict too, sometimes it's easier to be easier, finger quotes here, to feel uncomfortable for uh, a longer period of time rather than to just have the confrontation because mm -hmm. when you're empathic it's a really interesting way that you painted that is like when you have confrontation as an empathic person you're not only feeling your anxiety but then you're feeling their potential negativity yeah and so you're holding on to both sides of the argument and that can be really overloading yeah um, so sometimes it's easier to feel upset low-key for like six months instead of just to have the fight <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah. actually, it's better to just have the fight and just have right. the one hour of discomfort versus the six months to a year of just internal internalizing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that, too, comes with like being comfortable sitting with a conflict and analyzing it versus like shoving it under the rug so that you can come into the situation from like a diplomatic point of view even though you are upset because like it doesn't matter how pissed off I am at someone if I'm really wanting to talk about it like I will I will be I will be grounded and I will be diplomatic and I will be willing to hear you if I'm going to hash shit out or try to hash shit out and some people don't respond well to that because they want to fight and then that's when you have to just sort of realize that there's a language barrier and there's a communication barrier that maybe can't be mended. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's also, you know, I think that there are empaths who get addicted to emotion because they're so used to feeling so many different things. Um, that if you don't take the time out to really process what that means for you and how to shut it and what belongs to you and what doesn't, it can be really easy to get hooked on um, feeling angry or feeling loved or feeling euphoric. And that can breed a lot of different things that don't always work to someone's advantage unless they're incredibly lucky and just like have opportunities fall into their lap and things just happen to work out. But I think that runs out for everyone. Yeah. Well, and it's also just remembering that energy is a form of currency. Mm -hmm. So like we only have so much energy that it, within ourselves that we then have to decide if it's going to be ours or if it's going to be other people's and what that means for everybody, you know, everyone that you encounter in a day. And that's definitely something that I've learned. Like I have a Capricorn stellium, so I could work every freaking day if I wanted to, and I'd be living my best life. But then all of a sudden I'm like, why am I exhausted on every level? Mm -hmm. Oh, cause you work 10 days in a row 
<laughs> and, yeah. and like you loved it the whole time, but like you probably didn't drink enough water. You probably right. didn't eat a snack, you know? And yeah. so, <laughs> and so it's like, it's really important to see things for me in a very tangible way of like my energy is a currency that I then mm-hmm. get to decide and budget just like I would with a $20 bill in my pocket, you know? Yeah. I know. And I also feel like I have to watch my energy levels too. Um, when I am meeting a friend that I haven't seen in a long time or like, um, I don't like, I don't think she would mind me saying her name, but I have this friend Darcy who I've interviewed before. And I met, I met up with her a few, God, it was probably like a couple, it was like a month and a half ago at this point in time, but like, who knows how time works. But like, I realized when I was meeting up with her, I was like so excited to see her and she's also intuitive well as well. And she's empathic. And I realized that like my energy was like way up and high. And I was like, oh God, I hope I'm not like being manic with her. I'm just like really fucking excited to see her. So I had to like figure out how to bring my energy down because I also want to be mindful of not overwhelming other sensitive people. And so that's sort of like where the craft comes in of being an empath, where it's like, how do you also control your energy and its effect on other people because I don't ever want to like I don't ever want to emotionally dump I don't ever want to like put my shit on someone when they're not able to hold space um and so it's also like you know what what do you put onto other people and how are you like catching yourself if you are getting to like maybe not like the most grounded or leveled out place because you're excited or you're really happy. And like, when is it okay to roll with that? And when is it not? Like if you're at Disneyland or you're at an amusement park, I think it's okay to be manic because that (laughs) shit's just in the air there. They probably pump manic into the air somehow. There's probably some sort of like science we don't know about. (laughs) I mean, we won't get into those conspiracy theories, but absolutely. (laughs) Disneyland is drugging you with manic (laughs) chemicals. I don't know. Not really saying that. Don't, oh my God, I'm like, is Disneyland going to sue me now? I don't mean that. (laughs) All the roller coasters are just high vibes only. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you get home and you totally crash. But that's the other thing too. Like if you're, if you're like operating from this high energy place for too long, like the crash is real, real intense and brutal. Yeah. And that's also something that you can get addicted to. I was just thinking that. (laughs) I was totally just thinking that. And then it's like, that's where it's just like balance is so important and just being in tune with your emotions and being in tune with what you're picking up on as well. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to check in when you're even when you're having a conversation. Um, If you can somehow kind of split yourself into two in the moment and kind of check in with your higher self or check in with the other person's energy and going, how are they feeling while I'm sitting here and talking for an hour? Do they feel exhausted? Well, then maybe I should redirect it back to them. Or are they are they okay with this? Or I'll even just say out loud, like, do you want me to keep talking about this or would you like me to change the subject? Yeah. And almost to a fault where my friends are like, Taylor, you can keep talking. Like it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so thankful. I I like have been slowly, I feel like shifting my circle from a lot of water placements to a lot more like earth and fire placements. And it's such a different energy. And so like, one of my best friends is an Aries with a Virgo rising and I'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. You can talk. And she goes, anxiety brain needs to be quiet and you can keep finishing your story and I'm like okay thank you so anyway yes oh my gosh that what I'm like that combination sounds like such a firecracker Virgo and Aries combo well she's listening probably yeah yeah, I'm like like, you probably intense and awesome oh yeah absolutely yeah I love it and then she's got a Pisces moon which calms it down a little bit oh I think I know who you're talking about now yeah yeah so it's really nice to just kind of like yeah just be intuitive um and and hold space for people's emotions but also like advocate for yourself and others in the same breath yes and that's like the that's like such the perfect way to put it if you were going to like so what are some of your techniques for release when you are either like in the shop like in between because I like for me like I know if I have a bunch of clients back to back I have to think about how I'm releasing each energy so I can like everyone's energy so I can come in uh to each reading from a neutral place So like, I definitely have a releasing technique that I do. Um, but it's like when you have to be quick about it, you know, whether it's three deep breaths, which is my thing or an aura spray, like that's kind of how I clear space before my next appointment. What are some of the things that you do when you have to like on the fly, clear energy, whether it's like at work or just in your day to day after an interaction of any sort? Yeah, I have 
So many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many. Um, So I guess like when I, when you walk into the shop, I have, like I said, selenites everywhere. Um, And then it kind of depends on what's going on. So like if I'm doing a lot of, uh, I learned this through quarantine because I really had to, I still had to pay rent for the salon that I was working at because it was before I had the Nine Keys building. Um, And I really learned that I can really only do maybe two or three computer based readings a day Mm -hmm. where um, and I don't know if that's like because I'm I have so many Aquarius placements as well. Just that like that um, technology focus. And um, but if I'm reading in person, because thankfully I am very extroverted, I can kind of recycle the energy that's in the air and I can read for hours and hours and hours because I'm kind of like taking the energy in a way that's like helpful and not soul sucking. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, and so I kind of like will recycle the energy in the air, um, that way. And so I don't find myself, um, doing a whole lot, or I didn't find myself in the beginning of my practice, like doing a whole lot of cleansing in between clients when I'm reading cards. But now within the last maybe six to eight months, I do notice that I'm wearing a crystal every single day and I'm very intentional about the crystal that I wear every single day, whether that's tiger's eye earrings or a quartz necklace that I've like charged with an intention yes. or even just like throwing some, I don't know, red Jasper in my bra before I go. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I do have little rituals that I kind of like sprinkle in every day. Um, and I have like an Oracle card that sits on my mirror. Um, but behind the chair, it really kind of depends um, I have, um, like all of my hand sanitizer is charged. All of my yeah. lotion is a charge. So if anybody comes into the salon, they are kind of invited to kind of work with what we've got going on. I also have bells at my station. I have, um, a glamour spray that I'm going to be coming out with in a few months it that I have. Really pretty. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, that I have at each station for all my stylists. Um, that they will use in between clients and that has a lot of like Libra and rose water. I was going to say it's going to be perfect for Libra season. Is that what you're waiting for? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I just ordered some rose gold labels for them. So I'm super jazzed. Yeah. Um, And then I also have like an Aries moon spray that I've used before as well. That's that is currently available. Um, Yeah. And then I have selenite at my station, like I've said a million times. So I really. um, Oh, and then I have. (laughs) I also have uh, charcoal soap at the sink. Oh, that's brilliant. And so that's a really big one. So um, I'm really thankful that I've curated my clientele where I genuinely love every single one of my clients. But I, if you're a hairstylist or even if you just like work with the public, there's always that one that you're just like, oh my gosh, like you're a lot sometimes. And so (laughs) having that charcoal soap available at the, um, at the sink has been super helpful because then you can just kind of like nonchalantly walk over there and oh wash my, your hands. Yeah. And we're in a pandemic, so everyone's like, oh, they're just like do it washing their hands. Yes. But it's like, actually, I'm washing your energy. I'm scrubbing <laughs> you off of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, all of my stylists at, at Nine Keys, like they're all their own bosses, which is great. Um, but I do encourage them to have their own spiritual spiritual practices, whether they are more intuitively focused or more like, you know, kind of grounded and logical, there is something that we kind of all do together and separate that, that kind of continues that energetic, um, transmission and just kind of like keeps everything going so that everything is like really nicely, um, flowing throughout Mm -hmm. the salon. And then I do smoke cleanse once a week. Um, we're almost at about time and I was trying to think about like, what's the last question that I'm going to ask as I wrap this up. And it's funny cause like, this is not a question that I would typically ask, but I feel like your guides are sort of like wanting me to pose it to you. And I feel like it's going to be something that like you go back to and listen to, but like basically the question I'm being fed is like, where do you think you're going to be in five years or where do you want to be in five years? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Are you making your five-year plan right now? I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I am. I actually was just talking about this with um, one of my best friends uh, and actually one of my stylists as well um, the other day or yesterday. I feel like I'm in a very Phoenix-esque moment in my yeah. life. Um, for the longest time, I didn't want children. I um, am in like a very specific partnership that I've had forever. And so I'm just like, 
really, I really thought that I was just gonna like have a salon and work behind the chair, you know, four, 10 hour days a week forever. And then, and then that shifted. And then I started getting into card reading and now I read for people. And now I see myself doing that as well. And then all of a sudden through the Saturn return, I go, holy shit, I want kids. Like I want to travel. Like I want to do a lot more things that I never thought that I would have ever wanted. And people that I've thought were always going to be around are no longer around. And people that I've never possibly could have imagined and made up in my mind are now in my life pouring into me and I'm pouring into them. And it's just such a unique experience that I don't, I don't even know. Like when I started Nine Keys last year, um, cause we'll turn one on October 1st. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I never would have imagined that I have what I have right now. So if you say, yeah. what are you doing in five years? Like part of me is like, I don't know, man, maybe I'm teaching classes. Maybe right. I'm creating, um, empathic, you know, sessions for other stylists. Um, oh, but you smart. know, or maybe I'm like, doing the mom thing and doing the witch thing at the same time. Like, yeah. I don't know. And so I am kind of um, shedding who I used to be and what I wanted career-wise and personally. And now seeing that opportunities that I didn't even know were on the table are now sitting right in front of me. So I guess I'm not quite for sure uh, who or where I'll be in five years, but I'm really excited to find out. I'm excited too. I love the idea of you like leading empath groups for stylists because I'm also thinking now I'm like they should include that in your career I mean saying empath might be a little woo but like they should have an emotional well-being portion of stylist school because of the fact that you guys are basically little therapists oh absolutely they don't I assume they don't yeah no there really isn't a whole lot of like boundary work or like energetic work but I think as the collective is waking up more and more despite where your religious background is we're mm-hmm. learning that woo is non-denominational that yes. being empathic it doesn't matter who you worship whether it's yourself or another like god if you get messages and you see ghosts like there's no way you're gonna like not not do that right. and so just like holding space for that and like figuring out how to navigate that in a world that's so fucking logical and yes. so like quick to just erase any form of like woo or empathic tendencies. And intuition even. Yeah, exactly. It's like really important because it's like it's not going away. In fact, the vibration of the world right now is changing so fastly and so intensely that we kind of have to learn to work with it because mm-hmm. Um, there's so much happening right now that I feel like the collective is just screaming, you know? And so it's like, let's show up and see what we can do with all of the unseen versus just trying to listen to what we, what has worked for us for the last hundreds of years. Totally. Totally. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this episode. I'm so glad that you made it out to LA and we got to be, you know, friends in person for once uh, hopefully I'll be able to go out there and you'll, you'll have to hook up a guest spot with me. She read at the crooked path yesterday. So I'm like, I'll come read at nine keys. Absolutely. I'm always taking, um, emails for readers if they're ever in Minneapolis. Um, I also, uh, my goal is to teach one class a month. Yeah. Um, so we can do that via zoom or in person. Um, and then I also do markets once a month as well, or that's my goal coming into the fall winter season. So there's always opportunities for both hairstylists that are looking to do more intuitive work and intuitive yeah. living. If you want to teach a foil class and then we're going to like read tarot the next like yes. day, like let's do yes. it. So I want people to understand that they can kind of come to nine keys wherever they are um, and however they are and kind of work with what you've got. I have a, I have a stylist uh, client, friend, listener. She's basically me. Like she's like my clone. I remember the first time I read for her over Zoom, we were both drinking out of purple Yeti glasses, like identical glasses. And we looked the same. And I was like, am I just meeting my doppelganger right now? <laughs> but she is a stylist and she, she owns her um, own salon. And I feel like she's going to probably like, I, I'm like, I hope you guys find each other so that you can be friends. But if people do want to find you, how should they do that? If people want to reach out. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Socials, email, website, all that stuff. Yeah. So there is a nine keys website. It's nine keys apothecary.com and nine is spelled out. Um, that's the online shop. That's where you can see all of the stylists that we have. And you um, do shipping. All the events. Yep. And I do ship out everywhere. 
Um, and I'm, it's always changing. I'm always buying stuff and putting it on the website and I have a lot of fun with that. Um, otherwise you can follow me at red floral Fox or nine keys at nine keys M P L S. Perfect. On the Instagram, on the Instagram. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you.